All right, all the way good. So, hey, 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 butterflies. I hope you all are doing good. Sorry, that was a loud clap, but it is me, Coach V, of course. And welcome to my Freedom Reigns podcast. When I say Freedom Reigns, y'all already know it's all about helping marriage-minded Christian women be free from religion and the rules in order to date wisely and win at love, okay? As the self-proclaimed new love strategist, I do what? I help single frustrated Christian women when it comes to positively positioning themselves with intentional dating skills that are necessary to win at what I have dubbed kingdom love. And that is that combination of God's love, self-love, and of course, real love, okay? For those of you who are um, new to the podcast, new to the group, I am a life dating and relationship coach. I'm also an online dating consultant with New Thing Life Coaching, where I help you when it comes to healing, tending to the past, unpacking your love box, um, all of those things so that you can get out of your own way and build a new love language, okay? Um, Very quickly, new news. Currently, let me just say that enrollment is open for new mindset. Um, I've mentioned that before, of course, that is a half day workshop for those that really need help when it comes to like renewing their mind um, and rewiring their brain. Like we're gonna go a little bit scientific when it comes to that workshop because some people really don't understand um, the effects that certain things can have on the brain and how that will cause you to date and perceive certain things, your emotions, your romantic connections and encounters. So it's literally called new mindset for a reason, okay? If you need help with dating, and you want to renew your mind, you want to be in that workshop, all right? Again, examining the renewing of your brain, the renewing of your mind, and rewiring your brain literally. Like, guys, ladies, sorry. You'd be amazed at how your past and how your childhood and how your trauma, rejection, abandonment, heartbreak, a couple of those different things, you would be surprised at how those things all have an effect on your brain. Like those things, they literally, um, it's called retarding the brain. Like it affects parts of the brain that can also be detected on an MRI. There are things that can stop your brain from even growing in that particular area. So you do not want to miss it, all right? So this workshop is helping you renew your mind so that you can do better when it comes to dating. It um, It is going to help you determine why you have been, you know, doing things a certain way. It's going to help you determine, you know, why you've been doing things the way that they've been done. It is going to help you when it comes to changing your outlook on men, on dating, on love, so that you will plant better seeds in this season. Um, It's going to help you attract men that you can actually see a future with. And yes, uh, making sure that you also attract men that see a future with you. All right. Like all of these things. All right. Um, And you are also going to learn the components that I consider to be a part of like intentionally dating. There is a whole skill set behind it that a lot of people don't know about. Hey, Megan, I just saw you on here. You go, girl. Sorry, podcast listeners. I'm live streaming in my private group on Facebook, the Sash Tribe. And one of my girls just told me hi. So, um, but yeah, so you don't want to miss out on your intentional uh, dating skill set. You don't want to miss out on any of those things. You can register at newthinglifecoaching.com forward slash classes. That is where you will be able to find out more information as far as the podcast, um, the podcast, as far as the new mindset dating class is concerned, I would love to see all of you in there. Like I would love to have you in. I would love to have you be a part of it because I know that it's going to be absolutely amazing. So come on in, right? Um, And let me just say coming up, 
There is going to be a new semester of New Heart Academy. Can we get a drum roll? Can we get some happiness? Can we get all that other good stuff going? Because I knew, um, I already knew that it was going to be transformational when I did it last year. I mean, when I did it last semester. And I knew that there were also some people who were a little bit upset because they did not get to join it. But let me just tell you that that is that one-stop when it loves shop. There are so many different things. Um, you can find information on the site as well. It is limited to 20, um, to 20 women. I have not even created the event yet. I have not created any flyers. If you are one of those women who are frustrated because you did not get to join when I did it months back, you need to go to the website now and handle that deposit and say, hey, I cannot miss this. I am going to be there. Like we are going from healing to mindset renewal, to dating, to understanding men, to having a vision, to what has tripped you up in the past, communication, what love really is. We are breaking down intimacy, um, learning where your man like might be or you know how to actually meet him, like going where he is, all biblically based. That's all I'm gonna say, it's on the site, all right? So I started off talking about some of the mindset renewal stuff, which is interesting with what we are going to be talking about tonight, right? Like helping single and frustrated Christian women. I wanted to look at reasons why you might still be single. And what we are doing right now in this podcast series is why your blank is possibly keeping you single. Like we're gonna be filling in the blanks each week. And I thought this was gonna be like a three week series, but more things keep being downloaded to me. So right now this is already week three and I think I already have like two or three other um, episodes that are already in the lineup. So I guess this is gonna be going a little bit longer than I thought, but I kicked off episode one with your attachment style. Some people have no idea what the heck an attachment style is, but go back and listen to episode one if you have not already. And then what we did last week, we spoke about your list, right? Like a lot of you have a list. There's some type of list as far as what you want in a man, what you want in a relationship. And with a lot of us, like your list might be keeping you single. You know, you're waiting on the one that can be keeping you single. Like looking at the way that it can be damaging physically, mentally, and even spiritually, we discussed a lot in last week's episode and it really had a lot of you just like okay write the vision workshop i need that right now it's all good i love it but here's what i want to talk to you about tonight i want to talk about your past can we talk about your past and don't say that you don't have one like obviously we all have one like duh like there's past present and future so we all come from something but i am talking about like can we start off by going way 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 back Okay, so with New Thing Life Coaching, what I do like in my coaching business, my framework is the H4 approach. There are four H's, duh. Like, so I have like four different H's and all of those things mean something. And it's how I help ladies win at love. It's how I ensure that they get results. It's a process that we have to go through. And the first H that we cover is household. It's household, like it's your childhood. It's how you grew up. It's who raised you, right? Like all of these things are a part of your past. So I go through this with my clients when we work one-on-one. -on -one. I use it in New Heart Academy. I've also used it in TSI. You know, for those of you who, you know, joined in like the Sassy Institute, that is that 12 month 
self-paced coaching program, but we talk about it there as well. Why? Because your past holds many answers. If you are someone, if you are a single and frustrated Christian woman, and you can fill in, you can change that word frustrated, but if you are a single Christian woman and you're like, not really all that happy about being single. If it's like, look, I want to date. I want to find love. I want to be with someone, but it's not working out. I keep meeting certain kinds of men or it's just, it's not going the way I was hoping it was going to go, whatever. Your past holds many answers. Many, many answers, I can tell you, are in your past. We can start off first and foremost just talking about your parents, right? I've already explained before how the opposite sex parent determines how your relationships will go. And then the same sex parent is what shapes you as a person. So for my predominantly female audience, right? That means that our fathers determine how our romantic relationships go. That means our mothers, those are the people that actually shape us as women. They shape us overall, okay? So that's something for you to even pause and think about like, hmm, what did I really learn from my daddy? What did my daddy teach me about men? And then it's like going to your mom, it's like, okay, what kind of person was my mom? How did I see her handle um, everything? How did I see my mom handle relationships? You know, did she speak life into me? How was she with money? How was she with self-esteem? You know, did she make me feel da, 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 da. Your parents hold the key to who you are and how you do relationships. And then even when you think about your household, so like I said, the first H is household. What did you see in your household growing up? What did you see in your household? What, what you saw as far as abuse, if there was any? What did you see as far as love? What about as far as communication? What about emotional intimacy? What about openness? What about vulnerability? What did you see in your household? I've spoken before about the storage unit of our unconscious minds. And what that means is again, from the time we are little, we all have these things that we have learned over time that we have been storing them in boxes. Like, okay, this is how I view men. This is how I view marriage. This is how I view love. This is how I view money. This is how I view God. This is how I view white people. This is how I view black people. This is how I view, you know, so many, like all of these different things, they are all little things that we have learn from a young age that we have grown up to believe that a lot of people don't even realize. So take time to really unpack each and every one of those boxes. Take the time to really think about, and sometimes it's a matter of being honest where it's like, do you really think that your mom did the best that she could? Do you feel like you had a great mom? What values did she instill? Because some women walk around where it's like, oh yeah, I saw that my mom was a hard worker. She took care of the house. You know, she was there for her children. She had, you know, we had clean clothes, da, 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 da. But then not even realizing like that's what they learned from their mom is just how to work hard, how to clean the house, how to raise children. But maybe mama never said, oh, you're pretty. Mama never said, hey, don't ever let a man mistreat you. Maybe mama never... Um, you know, again, validated you. Maybe mama, sometimes nothing was ever good enough from her, for her. What did your mom teach you? And a lot of times we don't like being honest about that because we feel like we're dishonoring or disrespecting our moms in some way. And then again, it goes the same way when it comes to your dad. Think about all of those things and just really be honest because it's your truth. It's your story at the end of the day, right? And then here's something else I would ask you. 
might sound like a crazy question, but what is your earliest childhood memory? What is your earliest childhood memory? Because whatever the, the first thing that you can, even if it's something that you wouldn't even think is really that important, what I can tell you is that whatever that earliest memory is, therein lies what shaped your life. Now, I've told y'all before, the very first thing that I can ever really remember was, funny enough, because it also, it shaped my life and then it also determined how I did relationships. But it was my mom walking off from my dad. It was my mom holding my hand at the age of three and saying, hey, I'm leaving. Me and these kids will be fine without you. I don't need you. That was my earliest childhood memory. So it's like, oh, okay. So now I, you know, I'm just like, all right, well, mom is strong. I don't need a man. Um, I can do it all on my own. So that is what stayed with me. You have to be strong no matter what, because you might have to do things alone and da, 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 da. That was my earliest childhood memory. I had a client that I worked with. Um, she came out of my VIB program. I think it was the top of this year, if I'm not mistaken. No, last year. And when I asked her this question, let me tell you how interesting this was. When I asked her the question, what is your earliest childhood memory? She was like, oh, she's like, I don't know why this came to me. It's so weird because it's not even that important. She's like, but I remember that there was a toy that I wanted and I was asking my daddy for it. I was, you know, begging him like, daddy, please, can I have this toy? Will you get this for me? Da, 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 da. And he would not give it to her. But instead, he was like, hey, how about you have this? And she's like, oh, okay, well, it's not really what I wanted, but okay, cool. I'll take that. Now, obviously, I'm not going to tell you everything that me and her ended up working through, but she learned something major in that moment just from her daddy not giving her what she truly wanted, but instead um, forcing her, in essence, right? Forcing her to accept what it is that she didn't want. Because here's the thing. As women, our dad is the first man that shows love, right? So we've already established that. And then he didn't give her what she wanted, but she got something else. And it is the earliest thing that she remembers. Well, let's just say that this client of mine that she learned early on to accept whatever she could when it came to men in relationships. Because here it is, her daddy did not give her the one thing that she wants. So for her, it was like, it's not even really that big of a deal. Like, you know, I mean, it was just like, oh, I don't even know why this came to mind. And when I really helped her unpack things, even just in that session and a couple of sessions going forward as to what that did to her, and it made her able to identify a lot of the decisions that she made in her romantic relationships going forward. And then not to mention, so her daddy was actually there in the house, okay? But not only that, but her daddy was not present the way that we, the way that a child needs their father or a parent in general to be present. So it's like, you can have a parent in the house, but they're still maybe not really parenting you from the, you know, we need love, we need attention, we need nurture and whatever. But, you know, a lot of parents is like, hey, like I have to work, I have to put food on the table, I got bills to pay, da, 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 da. Cool, but are you making sure that child feels special? Because guess what, they don't care about those bills. But if you're always trying to pacify them with certain things, then guess what? That's what's gonna always matter to them. And so in this case with her, he was already emotionally not there. So we also had to address the fact and be honest, guess what? You also have abandonment issues. 
because her father had already emotionally abandoned her. He was there as a provider. That was it. So he already emotionally abandoned her. We had emotional or abandonment issues we had to work through. We had daddy issues that we had to work through. Which I always say, once you do the work, it goes from daddy issues to daddy wounds. Now it's like, or, you know, or, you know, scars from the father because wounds are open. That means it's open, da, 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 like they have not been dealt with. It's still an issue. But then it's like, okay, well, now let's turn this into a scar. Let's actually heal from it. So we have to process the abandonment stuff, the daddy stuff, and then realizing you have been taught to settle based off of your father. Dads do set tones to every girl's relationship. Absolutely. And that's exactly what I just mentioned was our fathers as women, our fathers determine a lot as far as our romantic relationships. And so many people do not realize that. So me and this client, we had a lot to unpack and unlearn in order to help her rebuild um, herself, her self-esteem, her dating language, and her love language. So it takes me back to my question. Think about your past. Think about your past to the ladies in the Sash tribe who are able to watch the video, to those of you who are listening on one of the multiple podcast channels that I'm, you know, streaming this to. What's in your past and how has it affected you? So I said that the first H in my H4 approach is household, right? Well, the second H that I have to work through with clients is habits. Your habits. And I say that because we learn things from our past and then we form habits based on those things. And we then end up dating according to those habits. It's like once your daddy has already taught you something, once your mom has already made you feel like you're this kind of person, guess what? Those things determine your habits and you now date according to those habits. Because now this is how women end up having a type. Or this is how you end up dealing with, you know, men who only do X, Y, Z. Or, you know, you find yourself, you know, being with men who don't do X, Y, Z. This is how some women, women get caught up in the whole struggle of phenomena. This is how some women only date rich men. Some women only date emotionally unavailable men. A lot of times women, they do what? They will end up dating and being with men that remind them in some way of their daddy. Because I've already shared, right? That was my story. So like I said, my earliest childhood memory was my mom leaving my dad. As I've explained before, my dad, you know, he's local celebrity. So everyone would hear, oh my God, your daddy is so-and-so. Like, man, y'all got to meet all the celebrities and da-da-da-da-da. Everyone envied my sisters and brothers because of who our daddy was. Everyone just thought that our life was just the best thing ever because they would see the video show. They would see all of us, you know, with all these celebrities and, you know, these like big name celebrities. So for them, it was like, oh my God, like that is so amazing. But they didn't realize my daddy wasn't in the house. They didn't realize that my daddy didn't really call. He didn't really check in. He didn't really drop by. He didn't really stop by. They didn't realize that I was the one who a lot of times if I needed or wanted something, I was the one who had to call my daddy. Now, Make no mistakes, anytime I needed my daddy, he came through, he provided whatever the heck it was that I needed. But what I ended up learning was from that was, okay, as long as a man comes when you call, that's all that matters. I took that into all of my relationships because I learned that being in elementary school, being a little girl with a landline phone, with a little curly phone cord, 
with the rotary dial and everything, I knew, oh, I want this. Let me call daddy. Hey, daddy. Hey, I saw that. Can you buy me? Oh, daddy, I need some new shoes. Hey, daddy, I'm about to go on this trip. All right, I got you, baby. So that taught me, hey, it doesn't matter what else a man is doing. As long as he comes when you call, that's all that matters. As long as he meets your needs, as long as he provides for you, that is all that matters. I took all of those things into my relationships. And then there's this thing called the halo effect. So I would ignore everything else, everything else that a man may have been doing, because guess what? He comes through. And again, it's funny. So like I'd even said in a post in the Sash Tribe earlier, we don't realize how sometimes our past and, um, you know, our childhood and whatever else, a lot of times it's the reason why our emotional drivers are what they are. Sometimes it's also why our, um, our emotional drive and our love language is what it is. So like for me, I'm an acts of service person. Now, again, I've sometimes examined like, okay, why that is. But yeah, I also think about my daddy because guess what? If I needed my daddy, he came through. If I needed him for something, if I called him, he came through. So a lot of times we date according to these habits. And often it's what you have learned from your childhood that shaped your habits that possibly even led you to that one ex that still has a hold on you and has kept you single. And maybe it's keeping you single. Not even realizing it. Because a lot of us, we've had that one ex where it was like, oh my gosh, like, and it just, it has affected us. And no, maybe it's not that it's keeping you single as a no, I never want to date again. Now for some women, it's like, no, the hurt that they experienced, they never want to go through again. And then for some women, because of what that ex did to them, something that happened in the past, they're still holding on to it. They've never healed from it. So now they are taking that into every single new connection and relationship they are trying to form and build. So I've used the example before. It's like, you know, like how if you like stub your toe or maybe if, even if you break your toe, you know, a lot of y'all, you probably know, like there's really not much that you can really do for a broken toe or a broken finger. Like it'll just kind of naturally come back together or whatever. But even though it hurts and you might remember that pain, so you're going to walk a little bit differently because you remember what that was like. Now, yeah, you find yourself still walking. You're still going places. You're still able to use your foot, but that pain is still there and you still remember what it did to you. So now you are carrying yourself differently on the path that you are taking all because you remember that pain and because for some of you, the pain is still there. So some of you, because of your childhood and your household and your habits, it led you to a certain man that maybe hurt you so badly and it's keeping you single because of the pain, the hurt, the betrayal, the rejection, the failure to move on, the search for some people to find someone who was just like him. Oh, well, I never thought I could get a man like that. He was perfect. He was everything. You know, the way that he had it all together and da 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 da, da and the fact that it didn't work out. So now I want somebody who was just like him. And then you will find yourself always dating new men and it's like you're looking to see if he's anything like your ex. Like healing from an ex is almost just as important as dealing with your childhood. It's like just as important because you'll have all of these intrusive thoughts of an ex that'll end up literally keeping you stuck. I've had to help ladies with this. And it's like time can't heal and time can't help because your brain conjures up all of these memories. This is why you literally must 
rewire your brain. There is a way that you have to rewire. That is what the new mindset class is going to be all about because the thoughts, they interrupt, they reopen wounds, they reactivate emotional pain, and it triggers like literal withdrawal systems. This is how some women will find themselves being stuck for a while, struggling to heal, struggling to even recover from someone who is no longer even in their life. They can be stuck. I was just talking to a woman just earlier this week, and she was talking about how she can't move on from an ex from five years ago. She said five years ago, the pain, it's still there. She still thinks about him, still wants him, and can't find herself to move on. And, you know, and I know that some people might be very harsh or judgmental about it. But again, if you don't understand it, it is very easy to judge. It is very easy to judge. I've said before, I think it is arrogant to form an opinion if it's a path that you've never taken or if it's one that you just simply don't understand. But until you deal, this is how you can find yourself single and sabotaging dating ships and relationships because your brain hasn't been rewired. This is how you can find yourself repeating the same cycles that have kept you bound. And get this, there is something that is called hysterical bonding, where you are literally wanting to get back with and you are wanting to win back someone who cheated on you or even broke up with you. Doesn't that, it sounds crazy to, to most of you, right? Hysterical bonding is where you are wanting to win back or even get back with, even reconcile with the man who cheated on you or even broke up with you. Why is that? It's because the closest person to you ends up hurting you. Well, where do we typically go when we've been hurt? Who do we typically want to make things better when we're having a bad day, when we're hurt, when we're frustrated? We want to go to the person closest to you. We want them to fix it. We want them to make. So, yes, it actually makes a lot of sense that the person who cheated, you want to go back. But like, OK, well, let's fix this. It'll be fine. Like, I just I just I just want to be with you. It'll make everything better. Hysterical bonding. And a lot of these are things that we discussed in New Heart Academy last semester. And like I said, a little birdie said to tell you that enrollment is open for the winter semester. But anyway, <laughs> I want to know what's been fueling you in this season. Better yet, let me ask you this. What's been driving you this season? Because in the Playing a Cool Crash Course, I discuss emotional drivers because they are what determine what we pursue and they determine the intensity the intensity at which we pursue it. Now, if you've been a follower, if you've been a fan, or you're even part of the We Will Win family, then you've heard me speak about emotional drivers probably numerous times now. And here's the thing. So we are all human beings, and humans are typically driven by emotions, right? And our emotions are what dictate, they often dictate our behavior, and they lead to our actions. Well, sadly... Surprise, surprise, not everybody has control over the emotions the way that they should. So there are eight fundamental emotional drivers, okay? And each and every one of them, they're all based on a human psycho-emotional need. 
Now, each of these drivers, they are present in every single one of us, me, you, everyone who is listening right now. These drivers are present in all of us, but they don't always carry equal importance. But all in all, like we are constantly filling these drivers. But the thing is that sometimes we're filling them in positive ways, sometimes neutral ways, and yes, and sometimes negative ways. And the level of importance can also change with time based on our environment, our experiences, and even our trauma. So very quickly, let me tell you what the eight drivers are. And you can kind of, you know, just listen in and determine, do any of them sound familiar? Does it seem like, oh, wow, like that could very well be me? Who knows? So one is belonging slash love. Belonging slash love. This is the connection from being with other people. Like it's just how you, you know, feel about yourself, that sense of self that you have all because of the connections that you have with others. Um, some people are very social. They have to be in a relationship, all that other good stuff. The second one is control slash security, control slash security. It is the ability. It's a greater ability to maintain security in your life where you, you know, you just need to know that everything is in control, under control. You want to be in control. You have to have that sense of security. Number three is diversity slash change. This is where you are wanting more. You like having a variety. It, you know, it's all about the excitement, diversity and stuff like that. And just, you know, things changing up. It matters. This is how some people might find themselves. You know, they're always redecorating their place or they always are getting a new job or moving to another city or state, whatever. They just, they like to change it up. Number four is recognition slash significance. Recognition slash significance. It is the opportunity to achieve and to grow. You like being noticed for the things that you also do. Number five is achievement. And this is the need to make progress in your plans. So some people confuse this with recognition and significance, since I said the opportunity to achieve, but achievement, that driver, it is the need to make progress in your plans, finishing things to completion, for you, it's like you always have something that you are working on. It's always something that you are anxious to mentally check off. Number six is challenge slash growth. Challenge slash growth. This is the opportunity to achieve, learn, and to grow. Pretty much like it says. Number seven is excellence. This is self-satisfaction and pride in the things that you do. And then number eight is responsibility slash contribution. This is the need to contribute to others. You feel like it is your responsibility to help others, to contribute, to fix others. Sound familiar? So those are the eight emotional drivers. And the thing is that these things get carried into your dating life and your love life as well. And they drive you. They fuel your emotions. And they can sometimes be fueled by your past. Let me give you some examples of emotional drivers. Um, okay, I'll use myself as an example, first of all. So growing up, you know, we didn't have much, but it's like, you know, it's not like we were like dirt poor. You know, there was always, you know, meal on the table. We lived in decent neighborhoods, um, the whole nine. You know, of course, I know that financially, you know, things could have been a whole lot better. So I always wanted more for myself. I wanted to ensure that, you know, I lived a different life. Um, again, my mom and dad separated. My mom never remarried. 
Um, she, you know, like I said, she's never had, you know, a whole lot of men coming to the house. She wasn't someone that had men in and out and had us, you know, introducing, being introduced to new men, none of that stuff. So a lot of the whole me wanting more for myself, this applies and applied to men and money. So let's just say for me, my driver has primarily been control slash security. The one who doesn't spend much money because I want to always be secure. The one who is pushed for titles and commitment and asking the whole, well, what are we and what are we doing? Because I need to have some type of control and for me, security matters. So that's just one example of an emotional driver and how it can also interfere with our dating and our love life. And again, for me, a lot of times I push to the point that I push men away. My emotional driver had me to the point where I was driving men away because of the need to be secure. I know some ladies struggle with commitments because they don't want to either disappoint or get disappointed. So they have a problem when it comes to committing in relationships. They have new men in and out, new men in and out the house. Um, and again, maybe they saw, I'm sorry, in their childhood, maybe there was always new men in and out the house from their mom. Um, maybe they saw their daddy who was always with somebody else. I don't know. So now their driver is diversity and change. They always have new men who are in and out of the picture because now what ha happens is once the honeymoon stage is gone, once it's over, they're out of here. They're like, uh-uh, bye-bye. Why? Because falling in love what people don't realize is that falling in love has certain effects on our brain, literally like all the neurotransmitters and the hormones and the chemicals, they have some people literally addicted to love. There is something that is called addicted to love and addicted to drama. So with some women, if there's a lack of excitement, it actually bores them to the point that they're out. And again, it's like, psh, next. Now let's also add, I know that there are some women who weren't validated they weren't loved properly. They were not affirmed in their household, in their childhood. They maybe haven't spent enough time dwelling in God's love. And they just want to belong. They just want that connection and acceptance. So their driver is belonging slash love. Because daddy didn't give what he was supposed to give. Mom didn't really affirm the way that she maybe should have as well. And then, yeah, even in some cases, you can have world's greatest mom. But if a little girl did not get what she needed from her daddy, then that is still a daddy issue. Again, if you have not tended to it and treated it, it is still an issue because it is wreaking havoc in your life. So now those women fall under the category of their emotional driver being belonging or love. And they literally yearn to be in a relationship because they value companionship. They value companionship and they value being a part of something, wanting it so badly to the point that it literally hurts. It's like they can feel the pain of still being single. We all have a past and it is dangerous to try to dismiss it. There are dangers of dismissing your past and acting like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Oh, I don't need to whatever because you'll end up repeating the same things that are getting you further from where you wanna be. 
simply adding to your frustration and affecting your outlook on men, dating, and ever even getting married. That don't sound too good to me. What I will tell you, beautiful ladies, is that you can't fix what you don't face. You can't treat what you don't tend to. You can't accept what you don't acknowledge. You can't break free from the past until you determine what from the past has you believing what you believe and what from the past has you feeling what you feel. And without proper identification, you'll keep repeating things because you now lack boundaries. Because it's like, oh, well, I never even realized that this was an issue from my past. I never even realized it was affecting me. I never realized that it turned into a habit. You can't break a habit that you don't even know is there. So if you don't even realize the habit is there, then that means what? You won't even be able to create boundaries to prevent it in the future. So can we discuss why your past is possibly keeping you single? I think I've already done that for like the past 30 minutes. But it's keeping you single because if you don't get honest about it, you will repeat it. It's really just as simple as that. If you don't get honest, you will repeat it. You can be hindered and bound and in shackles and not even know. I know a lot of people are frustrated with their singleness. A lot of people are, they really were decreeing and declaring at the top of this year that it was going to be their last year being single. They are frustrated. They've been praying. They've been fasting. They've been doing all of these things. They've been trying to focus on God. And it's like, I'm still single and I just, I don't understand. Been there. And like I told you, it was literally me taking that trip down memory lane in my frustration, in my pain. And then getting those answers where it was like, wow, your past has been keeping you single. Your daddy issues, your mama trauma, your fear of abandonment has been keeping you single. I had met some really great men but I had a lot of things that drove them away because I had things from my past that I did not tend to. I did not move on from my past. So coach, how do I move on from my past? Well, face it. You have to face it. You have to acknowledge it first and foremost. Again, you have to think about your mom and your dad and you have permission to get and be honest about what they did or did not provide, about what they did or didn't do, what they did and didn't say directly or inadvertently. You have to face all of it. You have to get real. Are there any abandonment issues? I know it's the word that some don't like, but the symptoms of fear of abandonment are out of this world. The things that actually, uh, that people end up doing because they literally have a fear of abandonment You'd be amazed. I've spoken about it before. And again, those things end up segueing into abandonment anxiety into your relationships. And then you still have that emotional driver. And then you still have those open wounds. And now, even though you might find yourself in a relationship, first of all, it might not even be a healthy relationship. It might not even be a good guy. But then even if it is all because you still have that fear that has now become anxiety, you will end up running a man away and he'll end up leaving you. And now it's doing what? Literally fueling the very same thing and adding to the, the same fear that you had all along, which was being abandoned. 
I know I talk about the symptoms a lot. If you were in NHA or uh, TSI, or if you're one of my VIBs, then you already know. Like I always talk about the fear of abandonment. I know somewhere on the New Thing Life Coaching Facebook and Instagram page, somewhere there's a, a meme that I share talking about all the symptoms. I know I've posted it somewhere in the SAS tribe. I've spoken about it a lot. But acknowledge your past. Think about what you learned from your mommy. Think about what you learned from your daddy. What did you learn about love? Go back and realize, are there any patterns that you see in your relationships? What kind of men have you dated? And even if you feel like, well, there was really no, like all of those men were different. Okay, well, maybe the men were different, duh. I mean, they typically are. Even if the men were different, was the situation the same? I Again, for me, a lot of them were emotionally unavailable or not ready to commit. They had some type of issues, but I was still trying to get them to either, you know, change their mind. I saw a lot of patterns. What kind of men have you dated? What kind of men are you dating now? Are you currently dating? You have to take time to truly address also how you feel about being single. There's an exercise that I do with my clients called the drop down through method, meaning that you literally, you drop until you get to the next emotion. And something that I've asked before, and I even did this starting off the um, R2C road to commitment course, but I was like, how do you feel about being single? One word. And they would give one word. I'm like, okay, what, where did that come from? What's underneath that emotion? And they would give another word and then, okay, what's underneath that? And what's underneath that? It's always interesting to see how people can give one word but then the more that I ask questions and really pry, the final word and emotion that we end up with is nothing like the very first word they have given. I have seen people go from content all the way down to afraid. All because like they'll say they're content. Oh, why are you content? Oh, I mean, because I'm, I'm at peace. Why are you at peace? I don't have to worry about no. Okay, one word to describe that emotion. Eh. Okay, I mean, well, because, I mean, I don't, I don't have to worry about nothing. I don't, there's no anxiety. No, they, all of these different words, and it's like, I'm afraid. Uh, ultimately, it's like, they'll say they're content because I'm afraid that somebody might leave me. I'm afraid that I might not be good enough. It's crazy how they can go from one word. That drop down through method is something crazy. Listen, in conclusion, <laughs> your past may or may not be the reason that you're still single. It can hinder your dating life. Know that. Let me know how I can help you, all right? Again, if you are saying that I want to revamp my dating life, you need to come into the new mindset workshop next week. Rewiring your brain as we focus on what you're planting, as we focus on you positioning yourself, as we focus on you attracting the MVPs, and I'm going to teach you the four things that have to be a part of your new skill set. Again, at newthinglifecoaching.com forward slash classes, you can come on in. And there is an option if you're saying, hey, I want enrollment, but I also want a coaching session. There's something we can do about that. Ladies, I am the new love strategist. I am a coach here to help you win. All right. Any products or services mentioned in this podcast can be found at newthinglifecoaching.com. Connect while you're there. You can book a consultation. You can enroll in a class via the site while there. Make sure that you subscribe to stay in the know of things that are coming up. Subscribe to this podcast to know about new episodes. God bless those of you that are sponsors. 
um, of this podcast. And God bless those of you who so into the saved and single ministry, which is how I even got started when it comes to coaching podcast listeners. If you are a single Christian female, come on into the SAS tribe on Facebook, face, Facebook, Facebook. If you want a group of like-minded women on Facebook, um, you know, just to have that community, let that be that. New Thing Life Coaching is also on Facebook and Instagram, all right? But be blessed, wonderful ladies, and remember this, we will win, right? We are going to win at love, and that is just that. So be blessed, and I'll talk to y'all later. Bye.